Hello, everyone. Thank you once again for joining our broadcast. Thank you, audience, for being with us. We've been talking about free at last for the last three weeks, and today we're going to continue that study. We're talking about what Jesus did at Calvary. You know, I'm so grateful that He bore my sins and He took my sins away. Thank God we are free from a sinful nature. Isn't that a great thing? But you know, there's so much more and a lot of Christians don't know what else they're free from. And consequently, if you don't know what you're free from, then you won't enjoy freedom from it. The Bible says that God's people perish for a lack of knowledge. You know, in Isaiah chapter 33, I believe it is, it says, and wisdom and knowledge shall be the stability of your times. So if you have knowledge of the truth, then you're going to live in stability, no matter what's going on around you. If you have knowledge of the truth, then you'll live in the freedom of everything that God says you're free from. So it's important. Jesus said it this way in John chapter eight, and we've talked about this. If you continue in my word, you'll be my disciple indeed, and you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. Now, ask yourself right now, what am I in bondage to? Do I have to stay in bondage to that? No, you don't. Then what do I do? Well, if you continue in the Word, the best thing you can do, the smartest thing you can do is get this book off the shelf, get it off that coffee table, get it off that bedstand, get it out of the library, or go find wherever you have it, and dust it off, and get in it, hallelujah, and stay in it. And if you will continue in the Word, you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free, praise God. So, we're talking about free at last. Praise God, we are free. And the Bible tells us in Galatians chapter 5 that we are to stand fast in that freedom wherewith Christ has made us free, and that we are no longer to be entangled with the yoke of bondage. Galatians 5.13 says that we have been called into liberty or into freedom. So it's a calling on our lives. I'm to live free, and obviously that's going to have a positive uh, uh, effect on my life. Freedom is wonderful. But when I live free and people see me live free, then I can be an influence on their life. And they want to know, how are you doing this? And that's when we get to tell them about our Lord and Savior and how they can enjoy that same freedom. So you're called to live free. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm called to be free. All right, now, let's go to 1 John chapter 5. We've talked about exercising our God-given authority that when Satan tries to, to bind us in any way, Matthew chapter 18, verse 18 says that whatever we bind on earth will be bound in heaven. So in other words, if we will exercise our God-given authority in the earth, heaven will back it, Amen. okay? So we can bind the spirit of infirmity. We can bind the spirit of poverty. We can bind the spirit of lack that tries to confine us, to restrict us, to limit us. We have the authority to bind that. Now, notice in 1 John chapter 5, beginning in verse 1, whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. Well, before I read any further, let me ask, is there anybody in this audience who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? Amen. Well, I knew the answer to that question before ever asking you. Let me ask the audience in the that are watching by way of television or internet. Do you believe that Jesus is the Christ? If you do, then listen to what it says. Everyone that loveth him that begat loveth him also. That is begotten of him. 
And then it says, for this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not grievous. Now, I'm trying to get to verse four. For whatsoever is born of God. Now, let's go back to verse one. Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. Everybody in here said they believe Jesus is Christ. So that means you're born of God. Verse four says, and whatsoever is born of God does what? Overcomes the world. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say, how do you feel sitting next to a world overcomer? (laughs) Amen. If you believe that Jesus is the Christ, then you're born of God. And if you are born of God, then the Bible says you are a world overcomer. And of course, this is the victory to overcome the world, even our faith. That's where I get the statement that I usually close the broadcast with. Remember this, your faith will overcome the world. That's where I got that. That was, that's, that's been my, one of my favorite scriptures for 45 years. Every time I sign something, I put 1 John 5, 4 underneath it. Why? Because God says we are world overcomers. That means we're also uh, capable of overcoming the prince of this world who is Satan. Hallelujah. Amen. We have the ability, we have the right to overcome everything that he throws our way. Whether it be sickness or disease, poverty, lack or want, we have the right to overcome that. Why? Because we're born of God. And whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. Tell somebody next to you, I'm an overcomer. You have a right to subdue. You have a right to get the better of. You have a right to gain the superiority of. And you have the right to conquer and to be victorious over your adversary. Why? Because the gates of hell shall not prevail against you. Can you say amen? So we have a right to be free. Now, if we have a right to be free, then that means we have no limits. We have no restraints. Satan has no right to confine us or set up boundaries in our life in any way. Our freedom removes every limitation in our life. Matthew chapter 17, verse 20 says, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. Amen. We no longer have to be controlled by fear. Romans 8, 2 says, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free from the law of sin and death. Thank God we are free from the law of sin and death. We are free from fear. And also we are free from the fear of failure. Hallelujah. That's a major fear that Satan uses against people all the time. Hebrews 13, 6 says, the Lord is my helper and I will not fear. Psalm 46, 1 and 2 says, God is our refuge and our strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Isaiah chapter 12, verse 2, I will trust and not be afraid for the Lord Jehovah is my strength. We have a right to live in total victory. 1 Corinthians 15, 57, thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory. 2 Corinthians 2, 14, now thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph. Hallelujah. So doesn't it sound like we have a right to live in victory every day of our life? Amen. A right to live in victory 
every day of our life. Now, let's go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And let's look at verse 23. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. Now, if you are viewing and you don't have your Bible with you, that's not the word H-O-L-Y. That's W-H-O-L-L-Y, holy. And I pray God your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, the reason I want to use this verse is because this verse points out the three dimensions of man, spirit, soul, and body. Amen? Amen. We are a spirit. We are created in the image and in the likeness of God. God is a spirit. You are a spirit. The spirit man is also referred to in the Bible as the inner man, the hidden man of the heart. Mm -hmm. That's that spirit man. Now, that's the real you. Amen. That's the real you. In fact, your body cannot remain on this earth without the spirit in it. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Amen. Amen. So your body must have your spirit to exist on this planet. Charles Capps used to say, my body is my earth suit. (laughs) Amen. That's your earth suit. You can't function in the earth without a body. But the real you is a spirit, just like God. I heard Brother Copeland say years ago, the real me is on the inside looking out at you through these windows, you know, my eyes. Okay. So I am spirit, but it also mentioned soul. You are a spirit, but you have a soul. Amen. Now what is the soul? The soul is made up of the will, the mind, and the emotions. I put in here in my notes, your soul is made up of your mind, your will, and your emotions. It's that part of you that perceives, reflects, feels, makes choices, and expresses desires. So I am a spirit. I have a soul, but I live in a body. Okay. My body is the physical housing of my spirit and my soul. And when Paul prayed that God would sanctify us wholly, spirit, soul, and body, he's talking about the whole man, spirit, soul, and body. Now to sanctify means to separate or to declare holy. It also means to set apart. So now Paul is saying, I pray that your spirit, soul, and body will be set apart by God. All right. Now in Romans chapter 12, would you turn there? Romans chapter 12. And verse one says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies, a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. So now he's telling us that we should present our bodies to God. First Timothy chapter six, verse, I'm sorry, first Corinthians chapter six, verses 19 and 20 tell us, know ye not that your body is the temple of the Lord. Amen. Amen. So when Paul said, I'm praying that your 
whole man will be sanctified, spirit, soul, and body, our bodies are to be presented to the Lord as a living sacrifice. So now whose body is that? Amen. If you present your body to God as a living sacrifice, now whose body is that? The Bible says we're bought with a price and we're not our own. Now just think about this. If your body is now God's body, can Satan make God's body sick? Can he keep sickness on that body? He may attempt to, but he can't keep it there if you won't allow it. Amen. So what about our mind? He goes on into verse two, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Your mind is part of your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions. Uh, Peter talks about in 1 Peter 1, 22, uh, that we may purify our soul. So now that my mind is being renewed to the word of God, then that means that Satan has no right to keep negative, bondage-filled thoughts in my mind. Amen. Amen. And we know that he has no access to my spirit because it belongs to God. So it looks like to me, if I do what the Bible is telling me to do, then I can live in total freedom, spirit, soul, and body. Can you say amen? Amen. Spirit, soul, and body. Now, once again, I'm the one who has to exercise this right. You know, uh, Satan could try to vex your spirit. You know, he could try to uh, put sickness and disease on your body. And he can try to get negative thoughts to reside in your mind. But I have authority in all three areas. Spirit, soul, and body. So that means it's possible that a human being can live on this planet with sickness all around, bondage all around, demonic forces all around, and be totally free from it all. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? amen? But once again, that's not automatic. That's not going to just happen like ripe apples falling off a tree. I have a part in this. Remember Galatians 5, stand fast. You stand fast. You exercise your God-given authority. Can you say amen? amen? He has no right. In other words, I'm off limits to Satan. I like that. I, I, I loved when Oral Roberts would pray for people. Most of the time you'd hear him say, Satan, in the name of Jesus, take your hands off God's property. I love that. Take your hands off God's property. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm God's property. property. Amen. Satan has no right to put his hands on God's property. He has no right to keep you down spiritually, physically, or mentally. He has no right to keep you down financially. Your mind is off limits to him. Your will is off limits to him. Your emotions are off limits to him. Your physical body is off limits to him. Every vital organ in your body is off limits to him. He has no, uh, no right to attack your lungs, your heart, or any other part of your body. Why? You're set apart. You are free from his bondage, free from his oppression. Amen. But you have to exercise that freedom. Can you say amen? You have to exercise that freedom. You know, uh, one time we were making a television broadcast and, and uh, uh, I wanted to teach on authority 
and power and so forth. And so we, we contacted the Crowley Police Department uh, here where we live, where our headquarters is and where I live. And I asked them if they would allow me to take out my Z06 uh, Corvette and just get it driving down the road really fast without them giving me a ticket and uh, for the purpose of illustration. And I said, and then chase me for a little while and turn on the, the red lights and stop me and pull up and walk out, get out of your car and come up next to my car and ask to see my driver's license, just like they were, you know, a, a speeding violation. And I said, I want to use this as an illustration. They agreed to do it. <laughs> Hallelujah. So we went out here on 1187, you know, and, and uh, got out in that Z06 and, you know, got to speeding down through there. Then here come the Crowley Police Department, you know, and they stopped me. And uh, the man, I, I said, uh, what's the problem, officer? He said, you were speeding. And then I got out of my car and then he and I faced the camera and I told the people that this was for the purpose of illustration. And I thank the Crowley De Police Department for allowing me to do this. But my point was this, that policeman, that human being, that man, does not have the power to stop a speeding Z06 Corvette. <laughs> he can stand up there all day long like this Come on. in Come on. civilian clothing. That's right. And I not know that he's an officer of the law. And, you know, if I so choose, I could just run him off the road. He don't have the power to stop a speeding Corvette. But because he was in an official car, had on an official uniform, and had an official badge, and carried authority, he can stop a Sherman tank. <laughs> Amen? Yes, sir. Well, my point is this. God has given us the armor of God. Yes. That's our uniform. Yes. And when you put on the armor of God, as revealed in Ephesians chapter six, you put on your armor and the devil tries to attack your spirit, your soul, or your body. You have every right to raise up your hand and say in the name of Jesus, that's where your authority comes from. Just like that policeman could have said in the name of the city of Crowley and the Crowley police department, I command you to stop. Well, you have the right in your armor of God. That's your uniform, praise God. Put it on. That's why the Bible said, put on. I don't see anywhere where it says, and you know, it's about six weeks. Take it off. No, put it on and leave it on. Amen. Put on the armor of God. And the moment Satan tries to attack you spiritually, mentally, physically, financially, any area of your life, you have every right to raise your right hand to him and say, in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, I have authority over you and all of heaven is backing me. Praise God. Amen. 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 See, we're not talking about exercising authority in our own might, in our own strength. You're no match for the devil in your own might, your own strength. But don't even, you don't even have to consider that. You outmatch him in the authority and in the strength and in the might of almighty God. And you say, amen? amen, you have the right to exercise your authority. Now, if that policeman had just sat there and watched me go by, even though he has all this authority, 
You think I would have just stopped and turned around and said, give me a ticket, I'm speeding. <laughs> Not likely. <laughs> and, and with all that authority to stop me and give me a speeding violation, a ticket, and he just sat there and watched me go by. And all day long, people just speed by him and he has all this authority and they just keep going by. That's exactly the way so many Christians live. They have all this authority and the devil just comes right in their house and takes their family and takes their, their health and takes their money and they just sit there and watch him do it all their lives when all they got to do is stand up and say, in the name of Jesus, no more. Enough is enough. I'm fed up. I'm taking this yoke off my neck. I'm exercising my authority and your days of keeping me in bondage are over. Hallelujah. Amen. Has anybody in here ever done that? Praise God. Do you have, have you exercised your God-given authority? Freedom is wonderful. Amen. Like the guy said, I have been rich. I have been poor. Rich is better. I have been sick. I have been healed. Healed is better. I've lived in fear and I've lived in confidence. Confidence better. Amen. Everything that God has for us is better. Praise God. I've come that you might have life and live it more abundantly. Isaiah 53, 5 says, and this is Isaiah seeing into the future at Calvary prophesying what Jesus would do there. Not only pay for our sins, but he says, and by whose stripes we are healed. And then Jesus comes along in Matthew, uh, or Matthew records in Matthew chapter 8 and verse 17. Jesus said that it might be fulfilled, which was written by the prophet Isaiah. He himself bore our sicknesses and carried our diseases. And then after Calvary, Peter writes in 1 Peter 2, 24, who his own self bear our sins on the tree that we might be forgiven and by whose stripes we were healed. Amen. Amen. One reference in Isaiah, it's a future event. We will be healed. Jesus said, I'm here to fulfill what Isaiah said. Peter says, it's done. We were healed. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, if I were healed, then praise God, I have a right to enjoy health. Well, you are not only free from sin and free from sickness and disease, but free from poverty, lack, and want. Let's start walking in it. What do you say? Let's start walking in it, viewing audience. What do you say? It belongs to you. Why would you want to spend another day in bondage? The Son has made you free, and you are free indeed. Watch this announcement. We'll be back in just a few moments. Are you struggling under oppression or trying to break bad habits? Well, you can be free at last. Oppression has a way of making you feel absolutely helpless, struggling to make it through each day. In Free at Last from Oppression, Jerry Savelle teaches the truth about your situation and how Jesus paid the price for your freedom. Habits can bring you down or take you to the top. Success results from good habits. Addictions result from bad. In Free at Last from Old Habits, you can find freedom from old habits that seem impossible to break. Also included in this set is the CD 
teaching from Jerry Savelle, opinions, attitudes, and outlooks, vital keys to a bright future. In this revealing message, Jerry Savelle will teach you the vital keys needed to produce God's blessing in your life. You can live blessed in victory and success. Don't wait. Request this powerful trio today. Free at last from oppression, free at last from old habits, and opinions, attitudes, and outlooks. Call or visit jerrysavelle.org now. Put an end to oppression and bad habits and be free at last today. What a joy it's been sharing these lessons with you, and I trust you've been blessed and inspired. I trust your faith has been energized. I'm telling you, when you know the truth, the truth will make you totally free. I want to help you uh, lay hold upon this revelation. I want it to be more than just a television broadcast where you got inspired. I want it to become a lifestyle, and that can happen if you continue in the Word of God. And one of the ways that you can do that is by getting good faith-building resources. That's what we put together in these two little books, one of them entitled Free at Last from Oppression. On the front of it, I wrote, Remove Torment, Recover from Pressure, Regain Lost Hope, Restore Your Peace. And this little book on Free at Last from Old Habits, Remove Connections to Your Old Past, or Your Old Life, rather, Recover from Your Past, Regain Motivation to Change, and Restore Your Discipline. These books are designed to help you enter into the freedom that Jesus bought and paid for through His shed blood. Along with these two books, you'll receive this package of CDs, three CDs, entitled Opinions, Attitudes, and Outlooks. I wrote on the back here, a blessed life begins with possessing the right opinions, the right attitude, and the right outlook. They will enable you to overcome adversity or if you have the wrong opinion, stopped by it. They enable you to attract prosperity or wrong opinions repel prosperity. And the truth is the choice is yours. Let me help you. I've done a lot of research, a lot of study. I not only preach these things, I practice them. I live what I preach. And I can tell you that I've enjoyed this freedom that I've been telling you about for many, many years. I've helped you do your homework for you. It's all right here in the books and in this CD series, and I'd like for you to have it in your home. If you'd like to have copies sent to you just as quickly as we possibly can, then call the number that's on the screen or log on to the website and uh, ask for them. And if you have prayer requests, please add those to it. We have people here in our ministry that would count it a joy and an honor to pray for you and to believe God with you. Let me share a testimony with you just before we leave. I just recently came from uh, the Toronto area, a community called Mississauga. And there was a young girl brought to the meeting that I prayed for 20 years ago who was born with no hips. The doctor said she would never walk, never walk a day in her life. I remembered they, the mother and dad uh, brought her to the meeting that I was preaching 20 years ago in Toronto. Powerful move of the Spirit of God there. And they brought this little baby to me. I held her in my arms, in my hands rather, and I prayed over her. They asked me to dedicate her to the Lord. And I did. And the doctor sang, never walk, never. Now that's bondage, never walk. And yet here it was 20 years later, and this 20-year-old girl stood in front of me and said, Brother Jerry, look at me. <laughs> and the mother said, do you remember praying for her, the story? And I said, oh, yes, I remember. And there, this beautiful young lady walking, and they said, the doctor said, there is no 
explanation. We cannot explain this. It's medically impossible. It had to be a miracle. Hallelujah. Isn't that great? Praise God. Now, miracles belong to you. Freedom belongs to you. Don't live another day in bondage because the Son has set you free and you're free indeed. We'll see you again next week. Amen. Amen. 